Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. Okay, welcome to episode seven of Some of the Answers. We have been talking a lot about extraordinary relationships, and so we're calling this one How to Create an Extraordinary Relationship Part Two. All right, (laughs) how to, how to. How to part two. Um, And what we want to talk about today is some specific tools. So, you know, we have all these concepts and ideas that we've been talking about, but these are actually some really specific tools that you can use. And as you are probably aware, there's a million different books and podcasts and, uh, you know, tests online and all these sort of things about how to do great things in your relationship. And we actually have a couple that we recommend. So we're going to start out with a conversation about something many of you have probably already heard about, uh, and that is the five love languages. That's right. And so if you're not familiar with them, uh, first of all, there will be a link in the show notes to take the test and find out what your own love languages are. Um, They were developed by Gary Chapman, and he just looked at how are the different ways that human beings show and express love as well as how do we hear it when it's coming at us? Yeah. Right? How do you receive it? Exactly. So for some people, uh, we can receive it really easily by being told, I love you. And other people need to hear it and experience it in different ways. So so the first one is called quality time. Um, Quality time is exactly what it sounds like, spending time with your partner. And I'm a quality time person. So for me, when I look at how do I want to experience love, it's things like, well, let's go do this together, right? Yep. And it doesn't have to be big, crazy things, although I love my vacations. Uh, It can be really little things like, let's go to Home Depot and pick out paint colors for the bedroom together, Mm. right? Yeah, okay, and then so just to be clear, so do you express your love by spending quality time with others, or do you feel loved when people spend quality time with you? It's both, right? Okay. So since that's a way that I really experience it, it's also the way I tend to express it. Okay. So when I'm not thinking about the other person and how they like to experience love, mm-hmm. I'm going to express it through my natural ways. And one of those is by scheduling time with them. Yes. Right? Okay, clear. Um, I actually was just in a restaurant the other day that you and I had a dinner at uh, quite a while ago, but almost two years ago, and I was just all I was thinking about was the night that Jamie and I sat right over there and drank wine and had those appetizers, and it was just the time to be together mm-hmm. that was so so great for me. Yes. Right? It wasn't about that it was an amazing dinner. It was, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing company. Though. It was amazing company because we were spending time. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you know, just like anything, it's not just in our romantic relationships. Uh, it's really great to know what your kids' love language. Yes. And and again, there there are whole books about that you should definitely check out as books. Absolutely. But I want to just make a point before I move on to the other the other languages. So because you receive and express love in the same language. Yep. Which is awesome. And that's not always the case. It's not. Yeah. So oftentimes people feel and receive love one way and express love another way. Yep. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. And I actually have a great example of that too when we get there. But so the second language is gifts. 
Um, you know, if you know people who are just amazing at coming home from a vacation and having found just the right little thing that they saw and said, I saw this and I thought of you. Yes. And they hand it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Those are gift people. Yes. That's, that's, that's like my mom, right? And mm-hmm. then she's like, there, we have to ongoing, we had to train grandmas about holidays, not uh-huh. to like overload our, our children with gifts when they're, you know, when they have so many presents, their eyes like glaze over. Right. <laughs> they, they're throwing boxes. They don't even yep. care anymore. And, but it was really hard for my mom, like mm-hmm. sometimes really hard because that's her way of saying, I love you. She yeah. gives you these things that she thinks you will love. Um, so we had to have, we got to have like a conversation about that how she could express her love yeah. outside of just gift giving. Yep. And look, gifts are great. They my are heart, great. My husband is a gift giver. He expresses love through gifts, and I have received some extraordinary gifts. Yeah. Of like, surprise, here's your new car. Like, <laughs> surprise, you bought this house. Like, right. There's, right? Like, um, and and it's a, that's a real testament of his love. Yeah. And... Um, would do it's funny then because then I appreciate the gifts and that's not how I receive love. Yeah. Right. So how I receive love, and this is the third love language, are acts of service. Yes. So if you nothing says I love you to me like you do my dishes uh-huh. or take the garbage out. Yep. Or vacuum the floor. Yes. Yeah. You do something for me that especially with something like I don't want to do. And I even mm. know that you like, you probably don't want to vacuum the floor, but you're going to vacuum <laughs> the floor for me. Do it anyway. I know that you love me without a doubt. Yep. Yeah. That's actually how my husband and I ended up together. We were just sort of like a friend date and I went, we were at my house and I went upstairs to put the kids to bed. They were little at the time and I came back down and he cleaned up my living room and vacuumed the floor. And all of a sudden, I had a whole lot more interest in him. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so great. And what's funny, too, okay, right? So then, but my husband, his, his love language um, is not acts of service. Mm-hmm. So then sometimes he would, he'll be like, yeah, but I just don't feel like you, like, love me as much right now or something. And I don't feel like today, like, you love me. And I'll be like, are you kidding? Like, I did this and yes. this and this in the kitchen and the kids and I organized that and I blah, 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 blah. And it's like a whole list and I hear myself say it. And for me, it really was all day an expression of my love for him. Yep. And when it comes out of my mouth and I see his face and then I remember like, oh yeah, this is not actually how you feel loved. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So you were expressing love and he's yes. not hearing it. Exactly. Yeah. He's waiting for that gift. Well, he right. is waiting for the next one. Uh-huh. Yeah, the next two really are his. Okay. Okay, so the next one is touch. Physical touch. Physical touch, right. yes. Uh, he needs, it could just be like, he'll, so my husband will say, if you, when you just walk by and you just like put your hand on my back mm. or my shoulder, it could just be that. That yep. means the world to him. But physical touch, never leaving without a kiss goodbye, not going to bed without a kiss goodnight, yep. uh, always a hug. A hug. Like, yeah. yeah, that's that's how he knows he's loved and everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like whirlwind around the house right. doing all of these acts of service, and he just wants me to stop and like... And put your hand on and, his shoulder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, my husband's the exact same way. Um, in fact, our, our husbands are very much the same because his other one is the fifth one as well, which is words of affirmation right yeah we we in our house we call it giving him cookies 
right? So he gets the rub on the back and the thank you for mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. right? It just, he needs to hear those words. He needs to yep. hear the thank you. He needs to hear, hear the, I love it when you make my coffee. Thank you so much for doing that, Yes, right? Yes. He does it as an act of service mm-hmm. because I want the act of service. Exactly. But he needs to hear, thank you for doing it. It's exactly that way at our house. Yep. So. Yeah. And so, you know, as you were saying, sometimes the way we give love and receive love isn't the same. And so when I, uh, my husband and I sat down and took the love languages test years ago, Mm -hmm. I am a quality time and acts of service. He is a physical touch and words of affirmation. Yeah. Which sounds almost incompatible, right? Except it's not. If you're paying attention. Yes. The idea isn't, well, now you have to be a different kind of person. It's notice what the other person's love languages are and put some effort towards expressing love that way. Yeah. Right? And the interesting thing was for both of us, gifts was at the bottom of our list. But what Mm. we found over time is gifts are at the bottom of our list for how we feel and experience love and they actually are a way that both of us like to express it. Okay. He's constantly coming home with little things for me Mm -hmm. and I do the same thing. I bought you this shirt today, right? I saw this shirt. I thought of you. I got it for you. Yes. So we both express it a lot through gifts, but we don't have that need to get the gifts to experience it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And it's so funny. And I'll be like, okay, yeah. So for my mom, I'll give her gifts, Mm -hmm. but the gifts I give, not just her, but everybody tend to be like, here's a gift certificate for somebody to come and clean your house. Uh-huh. Here's a gift certificate <laughs> for um, somebody to come and do this partner yoga workshop right. with you, right? So it's like, it's like all still inside of my love language yes. of... I'm going to um, give you the gift yes. of an act of service. It's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a black and white, I'm a time person, spend time with me and I'll spend time with you and we both experience love, right? There's a lot of nuance to it. Um, like I said, in the show notes, we'll have a link to the test so you can go on there and get a sense of what your love languages are. If you have young children, a great thing you can do is take the test for them. They're not going to be able to answer the questions, but you can look and say, hmm, I noticed that when this child experiences this this way, yeah, that really matters to them or it doesn't. And so yeah. you could actually do the test for your young children, get a, test, a sense of their love languages mm-hmm. as well. So it's just a fun tool to have and a good way to remember that, you know, expressing love is one thing, experiencing it is another, and keeping awareness around it is really important. So another tool which isn't as direct, so there's not going to be a link in this one, is the whole world of making promises and agreements mm. with your partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's probably a million different things we could say about it. And I'm not even sure exactly what we want to say about it. Yeah. Well, and I think it builds off what we talked about um, in the last podcast in that world of communication. It, that, you know, you are 100% responsible for making sure that your needs are met. And what that looks like is, what that can look like is a willingness to, to ask for what you want. And, and sit down with your partner when you've, when you've looked at assessing what's working and not working, like we talked about, then there might be some things, like some promises you have. There might be an mm-hmm. actual um, or an agreement you have. So, you know, let's just look like, um, you know, we've talked in the past, like a lot of times what gets couples fired up, like sex and money. The, yes. Those are like controversial things in relationships and yep. every, you know. Everybody has a strong opinion about about them, and so in in and in, in our my relationship, 
how my husband is about money is very different, like I said. And so there we have certain agreements. The key is he's like a risk taker all in. But one of the agreements we have, like there's a certain amount of certain amount of months of bills that have to be in an emergency savings mm -hmm. fund. Um, there's a certain amount um, of um, finances that are just in my name. And those are an agreement we have. And, yeah. and when those are met, I have a sense of safety for myself. And when I have a sense of safety, then he can play full out in the world of business and finances. And it occurs as like a fun adventure for me, not like a terrifying ride <laughs> that I'm being dragged along for. Right. You know, and then, and, and then, and if those agreements get broken, there's an impact. Yeah, there really is, and and then we we get to go back as as a couple, and just acknowledge that like we had an agreement about this, and that's not what happened. And yeah. This is how it is for me, and this is what I need to make it whole. I need you to like acknowledge that. This is I need, I need to tell you about my feelings, and then I need to know you know how you're gonna put that money back in the emergency fund and yep. by when, right? Like yep. some of those conversations. So. It's like one example inside the world of agreements, but it's amazing to me how often um, couples don't have explicit and clear agreements. And that's exactly what I was gonna say. I notice that with our clients a lot, especially when they're experiencing problems in their marriages and partnerships, I'll ask questions like, well, what are the agreements that you have with your partner? And they look at me like I have six heads and say, what do you mean agreements? Mm -hmm. And you know, and I also because I work with a lot of families, I'll say, well, what are the what are the rules in your household? What are like the three or four basic rules that you have for everyone in your household to follow? And they won't have an answer, or they'll have an answer that's like thirty rules, right? Yes. And we're talking about five and six year olds yes. who just they don't follow any of them because they can't remember thirty rules. Mm -hmm. Now, as adults, we can obviously juggle a lot more, right? But that uh, that whole idea of well, what do you mean? What do you mm. mean agreements? And we have these understood agreements, right? Well, we're married, so you're not going to have sex with anyone else. But we don't actually talk about that. We've right. never had that conversation to say, hey, here's where that line is for me. I'm actually fine if you flirt with the waitress, but I'm not fine if you flirt with your coworker. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Whatever those things are for you, yes. we don't talk about them. Yes. And we don't talk about them for a lot of reasons. We're scared of how our partner might react. You know, we're worried about, well, what if they break the agreement? And there's so many reasons we don't make them. Yeah. But it We're not even present to that we... That you could, could right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could actually create agreements? Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that when you do have those agreements, it creates the clarity. Yes. You know, and the, everything you just said about the money in the savings account, that's pretty clear. Yeah. You know, flirt with the waitress, not your coworker. That's pretty clear too. Yep. You know, because I don't have to worry about the waitress. You never have to see her again. Mm -hmm. But the coworker's there with you every day, and that starts to make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just throwing that as an example. No, sure. But and and I think a great place to start would be for couples anywhere there's a history of or a pattern of unworkability in a certain area of life. Probably you don't have clear agreements. Yeah. So you could look at, you could sit down with your partner and say, okay, this is like the third time we've gone through this. So let's just look like, what do you need and what do I need? Yeah. And what do you need to be okay with what I need? Yeah. And vice versa. So that it's, there's just some real clarity and you're setting yourself up to win in those areas. Yeah. So it sounds really simple, but it's actually a big 
I was going to say big conversation. It's really a big set of conversations, yes. right? It's not just one. It's not the kind of thing you can sit down for 30 minutes, have all the agreements made, we're done, and we move on, right? It's a, it's takes several conversations, and it takes ongoing work That's to right. keep them in, in place. And the agreements might change. I just want to add that. Yeah. They also might change over time. Absolutely. Yep. All right, so the third tool we want to talk about, um, and this one is another specific one, so we will have a note in the show notes for you here. Um, I'm a big fan of Drs. John and Julie Gottman. And they, if you don't know their work, they've done a ton of work on human relationships, and particularly they looked at marriages. And um, they looked at marriages, not just heterosexual, but also gay and lesbian marriages. They, so they really, you know, they looked at uh, a lot of ethnic diversity and racial diversity and... Um, uh, economic diversity, like cultural diversity, just marriages. And they got to the point where they can predict with something like 80% accuracy after spending two hours with a couple whether or not they'd still be married in five years. Hmm. And they base their work on a lot of different things. Um, and I'm not going to get into all their work because that's like 10 weeks of podcasts to go, you know, go over sure. everything they talked about. But one of the things they did recently. Um, I was able to hear them speak here in Salt Lake City uh, back in the fall or early winter, and they put out a new book called Eight Dates, and it's one of my favorite resources that I just keep throwing at people. In fact, I need to buy some more so I can literally throw them at people again. But it's such a great book because it talks about how important communication is, which of course was all last week was about, and those conversations that we don't usually have. Mm. And not only does it talk about that, but it actually is a structure for going out on eight dates, that's why it's called that, with your partner, and each date has a theme and focus to it. So for example, there's a chapter on money, right? Because we don't talk about money, it gets uncomfortable and weird, and we just fight about it when we have to and whatever. It's a whole chapter on money. And it'll talk about some background work to do for yourself, thinking about maybe how you grew up, what the economic world looked like, how did your parents handle money, things like that. It gives you a suggestion for how to do the date itself. So one of the dates, for example, was uh, to go someplace with a great view. Mm, okay. And, right? So, yeah. you know, that could be a lot of different things. You could fit that into any, uh, you know, amount of money you want to spend on a date. We went yeah. to Red Butte Gardens. The weather was great. We were able to do that. So awesome. we went up and were able to see out over the whole Salt Lake Valley for that date. Um, another one was to, there's a chapter on families and children, and that one was to go someplace where kids are around, where there's families. Mm. We went to a park where there's lots of children playing with families. So it gives you a suggestion for how to do the date, and then there's an actual conversation to have. Question one. Read the question. I answer it, you answer it. And we really sit and discuss those different mm. those different things. That's so cool. It's a really great tool. I, you haven't thrown this book at me I yet. I have not thrown this book at you yet. I probably right. need to do that. I have recommended it to a lot of people. Yes. I have some friends who were at the same event that we were at with the Gottmans and got the book as well. They went through it. And they've actually started going through it a second time because they found it so valuable. Um, and it's just a really great structure to how do we have these conversations mm -hmm. that, okay, I've been listening to your podcast. I know we need to talk about this, but I don't really know how. So it's a great resource for that. And they even have a lot of pieces of it online. And so I'll make sure that that's linked in the show notes as well so that you can look online, not only get the book if you want to, but also see some of the other resources on there. Awesome. Yeah. So those are just a few of the tools that we love. And um, if you have questions about them, feel free to email or message us. And in our next 
episode, episode eight, we're going to talk about the pitfalls of trying to create an extraordinary relationship. So until then, be well, and we'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to thirdeyefamilysolutions.com. That's third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, familysolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020, and the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for Some of the Answers.